If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Ladies and gentlemen, let's join together in this solidarity song. Uh, it, it is now hockey season, I guess, because, you know, in the end, it, I, I tried so hard and got so far, yet in the end, it doesn't even matter. It, it doesn't even matter uh, whatever happens here. Welcome. We're here. We're glad that you're here. I know that that's a weird way to start off the show. Uh, it's going to go upbeat. We're, we're, we'll get there. I'm, you know. Obviously, if you're you're a fan of this show, you're an avid listener of the show, you would know that this past weekend was was not the best. That was not the most fun, and um, we're going to talk about it. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant here on the Far End of the Bench podcast, episode 125, presented by the Variety Sports Network. Make sure you follow them at Variety underscore sports underscore. Follow us at FEOTB pod, and uh, check out VarietySportsNetwork.com where you can check out writing content as well as uh, links to sponsorships. So we, we got a lot of different things going on with them. And uh, we're going to start getting back more into it, obviously, with the last few weeks being heavily playoff football and, you know, busy outside of the podcast. We tell you all the time, this is a passion project of ours. Neither of us are getting paid and uh, we would like to change that. So you have to keep telling your friends to go follow and subscribe. Uh, Nico, you joined me after the game. I don't know what your reaction was following the live, um, but, but how are how are you feeling? Because now I'm at the same place as you. You don't have to worry about me thinking about football season. You can talk all the basketball you want. Yeah, and and I have I have some room for uh, excitement when it comes to football a little mm. bit. So I have we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Mm. But um, yeah, look, I, obviously that was a tough loss and everything. But yeah, look, I, I've been in basketball hockey mode since fucking. November. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jimmy's so welcome. It's only taking you four months to get to this point, but welcome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you on this journey. Um, but yeah, I look. It's it was it was a it was an interesting weekend. I'll tell you that it was a very interesting weekend. Yeah, and it rolled into the week, which will bring us to our first topic. Um, it's kind of up in the in the bottom that's scrolling down there if you're watching the YouTube channel, but. We no longer have Tom Brady. So I rolled over first thing he's I saw this dead. morning. He's not dead, everyone. He's not he's dead. Not, he's not dead. No, he's not dead. This is not a Kobe Bryant situation. I am not ESPN trying to show you the Pro Bowl and then say, oh, yeah, Kobe and his daughter died in a helicopter crash. That's not what I'm doing here. He retired officially, and he got to say it this time. So oh, maybe sure. maybe it'll stick. Um but I, I, rolled over. Sure? <laughs> I, I don't know. Last time it lasted no, a month. It lasted a month last time, but this morning I saw it. Now, no Phil Rivers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Um, uh, there are some other ones like from the NFC that are no Drew longer Brees. playing. Like all of, yeah, Drew Brees, all of the quarterbacks that we've grown up now watching are just, they're, they're not there anymore. And we're seeing it's a new generation, which it was, it, it is the end of an era. This was kind of that, it, it was actually kind of fitting that he retired following the games that we watched where all the quarterbacks were 20, I believe Patrick Mahomes is the oldest at 27. And yeah, the generations have passed. We are into the new era of NFL football and it's exciting, but it's also, I mean, it's a decent time to take a step back. We kind of did it the first time that he retired. I don't know if we're going to do this every single time. It might get a little bit old, but I still feel like even with the way that this past season ended, where he's not over 500, 
for the first time in his career. They lose in the first round of the playoffs handedly to a team that he'd never lost to before. So he loses that record on the way out the door. But just Tom Brady, obviously the most successful football player of all time and uh, seven Super Bowl champions will never be matched. I do not believe. Unless it, unless it's like, I don't know, a receiver or – it's never going to be matched again by a quarterback. I'll tell you that. I, I, it may happen with a lineman somewhere down the road. It may happen with like a third-string corner or something along the road. Miller in 2045. Oh, yeah, he's well, got his healthy knees. Yeah, unless something weird happens, it will never be touched. But the man has more Super Bowls than every single NFL franchise, including the one he won six with. It's, 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 it, it is crazy – um, everything he's done, I'm not going to sugarcoat because I can just copy and paste what I said last year and just be like, hey, awesome. Thank you, Tom, for ruining my life for most of my life. What Thank are you, you talking about? You guys owned them. I know, but but just like having to deal with him win the Super Bowl every year is just annoying as it is. So, yeah, he yeah. We're the At only least your team, team beat him. At, we're the only team with a, win, with a winning record over Tom Brady. Um, of all 31 teams, including the Patriots, we're the only team that that has a winning record against him and, a, and an undefeated record in the playoffs. Let that be known. Undefeated record. Um, outside, actually, I'll take it back. Undefeated record uh, yeah. of quarterbacks not named Tim Tebow. Like quarterbacks <laughs> whose names don't rhyme with Slim Slebo. Yeah. <laughs> undefeated the record. Guy who- yeah, that one game, literally the, the game after the Tebow uh, miracle was the only game – Tom Brady ever to be at the Broncos on playoffs, weirdly enough. Um, but yeah, no, look, it's a hell of a career. It's it, it it's weird that we have to wait five years for him to get in the Hall of Fame because he basically is at this point. It's I, look, Peyton Manning. It took eleven seconds for him to get nominated. I'm pretty sure they won't even take a vote. We'll just say you're in and just let it go. <laughs> so I don't I don't know how you would vote against that. I mean, it, it's just. It's a level of consistency that hasn't been matched very often. And that's what I think is really, I didn't necessarily like watching him play and it was boring most of the time. And it sucks seeing him win every single year. Like the can being able to witness the consistency of like a Michael Jordan of like a Tom Brady of like a LeBron James, where you're at this high level for so long that when you're just back to average, everybody can notice uh, like Jordan coming back from playing baseball, Brady this past season, LeBron and the Lakers are struggling now, but they've been still like their, their mid tier was still better than 98% of the players that they've played with, whether they had the, the better talent level or not. And in Brady's case, it was almost always not. He, he was never the most talented player, but gosh, could that guy read a defense and check out into the, the most perfect play? And just there was outworked no, no stopping. Basically. It was it, it was it was by no means. Tom Brady's whole career was not the most. He was not never the most talented, like you said. He was the guy that that would be better than you and be outsmart you and be in the playbook more than you and be on the film room more than you. Um, and just would outwit you to a point where you're just breaking because you have no you have no answers. And he has the answer for your third or fourth or fifth answer. And that's all it was his whole career. Until this last year, if I'm being honest with you, and, and it's unfortunate that he went out the way he did <laughs> because if he went out two years ago, who knows? That would have been – He could have had a quote-unquote Peyton or Elway send-off. But instead, he basically risked – I hate saying this, but, but, but risked his family and then also, and also 
Don embarrassed. Don embarrassed. That team, every time they were put on national television, it was unwatched TV. They only made the playoffs because the rest of the division was ass. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I honestly think it would have been better for him to retire after last season where it's it's that great game against the Rams. You almost pull off that comeback, and you're, you're still at that point if you retire. Everybody's like, oh, he could come back and do it. Like the way that we said when he, when he came back this year, like everybody thought, oh, it's going to be same old Brady. He might not be as good in the, the regular season. Once they get to the playoffs, it'll be different. It wasn't. It, it, was, it was the same. It was the it was exact worse. same. And yeah, it's worse because he just, he doesn't have the same way with fighters. Once they start making a little bit of money, like the old adage is it's tough to wake up and run at 6am when you're sleeping in satin sheets. He had done so much, like he would not even entertain the ability of being sacked. He was throwing that thing at the defensive lineman's feet. If he, if he saw half of a swim move coming, he's like, Nope. Chugging yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was just like, no, I'm not dealing with this. And, a lot, offensive line where his center was injured in in the in the preseason, and yeah. the likes yeah. and the likes of lots of other things like where Tristan Wirfs getting injured and you name it, like it was one thing after another. It, it was, and it, it wasn't necessarily the prettiest, but I will say it doesn't. Necess- I wouldn't even say that it tainted his legacy. It it's more a little bit like he just held on a little bit too long. I mean, Joe Montana played too long when he moved to Kansas City too. He had the one good season where they went to the playoffs, but everyone knew that it just wasn't the same. Muhammad Ali got his brains blasted in his last fight. Roy Jones Jr., the same thing. These That's the one downfall to being that ultra competitive is that you always believe you're able to compete with these young Lions, and you just don't have the reaction time anymore. There's You can see it coming from a mile away. You can know exactly what play is happening. Your body's not moving. It, it's just not doing that. It'll tell you no. no I'm learning that the hard way at 25. I don't know about you. No, I told him no a lot of a lot of times last this past season, and, yes. um, and now he now he gets to do whatever he wants. He 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 looks like he signed that Fox deal. Um, starting next season, he'll have that thirty year deal with Fox. It's weird because Fox is the the uh, the provider or not the provider, but the, the um, host of the Super Bowl. The, the, yeah, the producer of the Super Bowl. And you have the likes of Greg Olson, who's done a hell of a job. And look, no offense to Greg Olson and his great job. It's Tom. You're not Brady. the number one. Yeah, they, they're going to go with a quarterback, quarterback over tight end all day. Yeah, it's Tom Brady. I'm sorry, <laughs> you had a hell of a career, but it, 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 one it is. was just going to step in and be the guy. It's going to be Tom Brady, even if it's in the booth. Yeah, no, that's how this conversation goes. They go to Greg Olson's office once he's in the building, and they go. Greg, he's like, yeah, I know. I, I know already. I packed everything. This is his office. I'm going to move into the cubicle. I get it. I'll be the Thursday night games from now on. I'm no longer the number one. I don't know if you've listened to his podcast before, the the whatever it's called podcast, but I have listened to a few episodes. And, he, and he's, he's obviously very, very intelligent. Um, I'm interested to see because it takes a certain personality with it. And, and the likes of Troy Aikman and Joe Bucks work so well together. I'll be very interested to see how they pair him with 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 whoever it may be and 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 what and what the outcome will be because it's obviously going to be something he's never done before and in reality outside of being on a podium he's not the biggest talker in the world plain and simple he, he goes about his business and and, and leaves it like that recently it has been he had that documentary series where everybody saw that he makes out with his kids so he's, he's like opened up a little bit more and he's doing more stuff in the media sphere 
So it's it's a little bit – I think if he tried to make this transition while he was still in Foxborough, that would have been strange. But since he's been yeah. in, been able to be in Tampa and we've seen him hammer drunk on avocado vodka, I think is what he said, whatever yeah. the hell his, his witch doctor was giving him. And uh, no – I think that's one of be, going to be one of the cooler moments in his career too. T- chucking the Lombardi Trophy off the uh, uh, over the boat to Gronk. Thank God. Only, Gronk caught only Tom would ever do that because of, of how many he's won. He could care less. I've won seven of these things. Just go replace it with one from Foxborough. Exactly. Just 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 swap it out. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, and since we're speaking of Super Bowls, I guess let's go ahead and. Rip that Band-Aid off. You see my get-up. I have my Bengals hat on. If you know, you know about the Cincinnati sweatshirt. Um, we'll, we'll Maybe we'll talk about that when we get to the, the Kelsey Bowl situation after we talk about these championship games. We said a lot about this one on uh, Sunday night on Live from the Jungle, the last Live from the Jungle this season. Um, and it was obviously devastating. It was hard to imagine. Second time in recent memory that my team has lost on a penalty that sets up the other team with just the easiest chip shot field goal situation of all time. And I don't feel, I don't feel any hatred towards Joseph Osai. In fact, I kind of respect him because he was playing so hard. Uh, and I don't have a problem with that flag that was thrown. I will say in the days after I'm not making the, whether or not the refs sucked for the Bengals, I think they sucked equally for the chiefs and they, whether they the Bengals still had every chance to win that game. I said that on Sunday. I stand behind it. They had three separate drives where the defense got stops on Patrick Mahomes, one including a fifth down, and the offense did nothing. So I'm I'm not taking that away. I think that's the reason that they lost. But these refs were so just speaking of the fifth down play, and then I was listening to to Chicklets earlier, one of the guys was saying, and then the balls to throw a pass interference on the next play. Like, what are you? What are we doing I'm, I'm here? The biggest clown too on the team. I'm the big, the yeah. biggest clown on the team to throw the penalty. That's the only team. reason why it seemed plausible that that you should yeah, throw that flag was because it was because when they called the flag and they said number twenty, I was like, ah, he probably actually did it. He's probably yeah, he did. He's a fucking idiot. But whether but he did it or not, I feel like they should have given him a mulligan for the colossal fuck up that they had earlier. But that's just you know, obviously I'm biased. There's a lot of colossal fuck ups, and and we could even go back to the to the first drive of the NFC Championship, the obvious drop pass that set up a touchdown on fourth down for the Eagles. Like like the, oh. the refereeing has been horrendous this postseason. The, the ref was bad in that situation, but Kyle Shanahan, get off your ass and throw the challenge flag. Just I mean, and, look, or or the the video team in San Francisco that should have been an immediate come on, come on. Yeah, like, like, like you see a guy running that quickly over to the line to run the ball something must be up you you almost just make the kind of decision be like yeah we're just gonna throw it screw it I don't care and and, and like I said I the rest were just so so bad and for all people saying oh maybe it's rigged maybe it's rigged first of all it's not rigged. Um, unless you're Aaron Foster and you think it's really, really rigged, I don't know what to tell you. He's on too many mushrooms. He's all—he's totally conspiracyed out right now. Yeah, he—he—he's—he's he's higher than the Empire State Building every time he's, his mouth talks. So, so I—I don't take that with a grain of salt. Um, but it does make it for good memes. So there, there's that for you. But he's yeah, a barstool I, podcaster. It works for them. It's just unfortunate. That's all I'll say. It's just unfortunate that that we that that's the biggest. That that's the biggest news out of this weekend, right? It's it's yeah. not that that two the the Peyton versus Brady of this generation battled in an all time matchup, 
and the better and the better guy maybe or maybe didn't win. It's not that the Eagles have have won eleven straight and and, and that, that that they've dominated their way through the NFC playoffs to coast through to the Super Bowl. It's about the damn referees, <laughs> and that's the worst thing you could have had. It it's tough, and I will also say I said it in my little opening statement, which I don't know if you watched the live back. I tried to have as many people give me feedback on that because that was tough. I was, I had it written down because I knew if I was going just off the top of my head in that situation, it probably wouldn't have, have come out the right way, but Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey being able to win that game when it was obvious, I don't know how much Kelsey's injury really looked to affect him, but Mahomes on that one rollout to the left, and threw it back across his body. I was talking with one of the wrestling coaches the other day. It's like, it's not the big movements. It's not when he plants at the bottom of his drop and then pushes off that foot that hurts. It's when you do these big movements and then you're catching yourself on like the little, you know, like the one, two, three backpedal steps that you take and you catch yourself. That's when your ankle's like, ah, oh shit. And you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going down. He did everything that he needed to do, protected it until the end when he knew he couldn't anymore. Um, I think that's another play that you could put. I mean, he's had two of probably the biggest runs of two of his AFC championship victories. You remember that touchdown run that he had against the Titans and that, no, no, that no, run? No, no, that was Chad Henney. Chad Henney was the one that had, that had the slide and, and, and against, uh, against Tennessee where it was a fourth and one or, or maybe it was him throwing it. But I remember specifically Chad Henney did, did make that play where it was a fourth and one and he sealed the game by sliding in bounds. Um, but but you know no, yeah. it was it was in the when they were making their comeback it was the year the Titans were the wild card and got okay. to Arrowhead and played them in the championship game they Patrick Mahomes they were like down fourteen because that was the year that they got down by double digits before they came back every year and, and won it and that he made the the biggest run he got them in the end zone and and that turned the tide it didn't turn the tide because it happened at the end of the game but the fact that he didn't do that the rest of the time and it was still tied 20 to 20 the Kansas City Chiefs as much as we like to try I mean you have to when you're playing them you have to talk about what weaknesses they may have you have to talk about the fact that maybe Patrick Mahomes doesn't have these stretchy ligaments and he's not going to be fucking Superman every single time that he drops back to throw the ball it's just it's not the case it's never the case Andy Reid man Darren tried to say this uh when when I had him on for the divisional round recap or, or pregame they had the conversation on their podcast, so check out Fat Boy Fadeaway. We we love our guys over there at, at uh, in Northern Cali on the Variety Sports Network. But I think Andy Reid might be a better coach than Belichick. I know that Belichick's more successful, and it's I think it's razor thin. I'm not telling you that Andy Reid is this much better. I'm I'm trying. To I, I'm just telling you right now. There's a lot of recency bias. There is a lot, and I mean, what are you talking? No, but that's that's the thing. He went to five straight NFC championships with the Eagles. Went to a Super Bowl, lost. Obviously, he's lost more Super Bowls than he's won. Um, But now he's in the AFC and he's doing the exact same thing. And they done. This was the worst team. This was the team that they were. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. Super Bowls. Andy Reid is a hell of a coach. I am not mixing him at all. But Bill Belichick is the greatest coach that the NFL has ever seen. We, I am not putting him up. Look, he has a creativity of some of the best coaches of all time. He absolutely does. But he, we, we, the recently buys outlandish for for okay. for fifteen years, Jimmy. 
15, 16 years until Brady was basically getting stretchered out there. The Patriots were feared, were feared, and Patri- and and the and the Chiefs have been feared for five or six years. That is true. The Eagles had a couple years where they were a good team, but not the favorite ever to win the Super Bowl. They they got to the Super Bowl, but they never were the favorite. Were. And the guys would be like, yeah, that's the team we got to be. They were the underdogs that got to there. The Patriots were the team, the team everybody hated, the team that everyone did that. It's because of 12. It's because of Bill Belichick. I, I, I hate defending the Patriots right now. But, look, Andy Reid is a hell of a coach. I'm not doubting that. But Bill Belichick is, is the fucking GOAT. There's like the what what they did together can never be replicated. I don't know how long and, and unless Andy Reid does this for another 10 years with Patrick Mahomes, then we can have that conversation. That's I'm now secretly hoping that that's the case. Because then, okay, then great. Then you have to deal with Patrick Mahomes for another 10 years too. I think they're gonna but they have it in their heads that they have to deal with Joe Burrow too. That's where I'm I'm okay with that situation. I the, the Chiefs being a good team is awesome because when you beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, damn, are you ready to play in that Super Bowl? The Bengals should not have made it close with the Rams last year. I don't care what anybody says. The Rams were the most talented team for that season because they went all in and gave away all their draft picks. So I I, I still feel like the Chiefs being good doesn't hamper my team's ability to still compete and be in this situation again. That's, I think Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are probably going to have – Epic playoff matchups for the next six years. That's all you can hope for. It's all you can hope for. But but you just proved my point there. Tom Brady dealt with another Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the great, two of the greatest quarterbacks of the generation, and Tom Brady still won six Super Bowls in in that time period with Peyton in the same conference for every single year he played football. Six Super Bowls, okay? Six Super Bowls those two two had. Six of them, that more than anyone has, and 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 those two guys, six Super Bowls in a, in a conference with Peyton Manning every single year, every single year is different. Obviously, we will see what happens between Andy Reid and Mahomes. But they have a long ways to go. That's not the way I saw this conversation going when I put it in in the lineup, but I I'm good with it, and uh, I think I'm ready to put this game to bed. I'm ready to put it behind me. It won't pop up again until I'm in Vegas. So I, that's the funny thing. Last time that I watched the Super Bowl was we were in Vegas. I got a little too drunk at the pool. I was sitting back in my hotel room, and we've turned on NFL Network. I was like, I was so drunk that I thought I was watching it again for the first time. I was like, oh, they're going to – they lost? It, and I had to experience that all over. So I'm ready to not pay attention to this game anymore. And I think we can talk about the NFC Championship because, yeah, I, I, I don't know what Kyle Shanahan did, but he's got some wicked karma just built up against him. The dude never catches a break and uh, it comes out later. Everybody knew it was so obvious. Brock Purdy was badly, badly injured. UCL. And it's the same. Tommy John. Complete UCL. Complete UCL tear. What we see, Josh Allen's been playing with that UCL strain. The way that uh, it was Hassan Riddick. Hassan Riddick was the man in the first half. Oh, yeah, they, they decided not to block him. They said, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll let you run free every play. There was a couple of those. There was one where it was, I think it was the second sack that he had. It was the, one of the ones on Josh Johnson. He, they played it in slow motion. He tossed Mike McGlinchey through the camera shot. So it was like Mike McGlinchey was over here and goes, ah, and then sacks the quarterback. So he was the, the man and he hit Brock Purdy in the right spot. And, and people, and people they, think Hassan Reddick, off-season acquisition, 
guy who played for the Panthers last year. Oh, Howie he, Roseman should win GM of the year. I, I mean, well, I talk about all the additions. Fuck, I don't know how he doesn't win GM of the year with with AJ Brown, Hassan Reddick, um, um, the, relying on Jalen Hurts, bringing in uh, uh, James Bradbury, uh, uh, lockdown number two corner now. He's, He's not, he drafted Jalen Hurts. He drafted Dallas got or yeah Dallas Goddard. He's drafted a lot. Of, He's drafted a lot of these guys. Devontae Smith, Jason Kelsey. Like this is the roster that Howie Roseman built to win the first Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, and we're seeing a renaissance of it. I didn't think that they were going to get back to another one. I thought that they they were going to lose too many pieces and weren't going to be able to reload in enough time. And everybody knows for damn sure I did not expect to be talking about Nick Sirianni play, coaching in the Super Bowl in his second season. Uh, it, it, I don't, it, it, yeah, that was just, wow. He, he has wow. done, he has done a hell of a job with that team. We, we, we can, we can get to the game here in a moment, but there's no doubting that the Eagles were the best team in the NFC all year. And, and, and obviously there was debate about it, but when you play Daniel Jones and when you play Brock Purdy slash Josh Johnson slash Christian McCaffrey. Brock Purdy, that can't, yeah. Last Christian McCaffrey, like, you had a cake to the Super Bowl in terms of quarterback competition, okay? Going to the Super Bowl, go birds. The birds are fucking everybody up. It's, it's, it. It, it, I mean, look, in reality, the Eagles won because uh, the, the Empire State Building went green in, in the city of New York uh, after they beat the 49ers. Um, so they already have bragging rights over the city of New York, which is funny enough. But they they, they did have an easy road. Like, I watched I, – I said this on the live show, on the post-game live show. Josh Johnson – I watched Josh Johnson start a preseason football game for the Denver Broncos. And here he is <laughs> – uh, six months later, seven months later, whatever the hell it is now, playing in a, in a real NFC championship or, yeah, NFC championship. Nico, the real last young. guy they had in their quarterback room because they couldn't, they didn't have another quarterback to bring. They that literally was why Purdy went back. Well, and, and, and this brings up the question of the e-bug, and, and I think this is something that, that they're going to have to do because if, uh, you can call it the Kyle Shanahan e-bug rule. Because look, you have to have like just the. They, they, I they thought it was the kicker. Out. That's what Madden always did. Yeah, Madden you, always just throws the kicker out there. Exactly. So so have an e bug or have someone that is prepared. Like 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 I don't care if it's a if it's the XFL guys or whatever. Maybe there's a guy that, that balls out in the XFL this year or the Arena Football League, which is back. Thank God, I love the Arena Football League. USFL is, looks like it's going to be pretty decent. You know too. what? Any of these leagues, and you're just like, you know what? Hey, um, here's my number, uh, uh, quarterback of insert name here. Um, my my team has an injury prone quarterback and a backup quarterback who's also injury prone and a third string who we he'll get concussed a lot. So here's my number. Um, come to our game and we'll keep you on the sideline and in a nice outfit and we'll put you in pads if we need to. Yeah. So you'll you'll come to every game. You'll get a hot dog and a cold soda on the sideline, and then if if we need to, you're in there. You might, drive the Sam, time, you might drive the Samboni at halftime. That's what we'll they should tell you. Whatever you want. You, all you got to do is just sit there and look pretty. And, and and honestly, you don't have to practice, right? You don't need snaps. Just throw the ball every now and then. You can you can, you can can come on Sundays and throw the ball in warm-ups to, to, and take snaps from the center and backup center to, to warm up. And you can hold yeah. the ball for the player if you want to. And hold the ball for the kicker, I mean. And you there can do whatever is, you want to. But there is a major flaw. We need, we need you. 
there's a major flaw because when the e-bug comes in, it's pretty straightforward what his duties are going to do, what his duties are going to be. He knows that he's going to see a lot of pucks and he's got to stop the puck. You bring in a guy who hasn't been in the film room, doesn't know what defense, just go out like Uncle Rico from the stands. Yeah, no, just give me a couple seconds here. I got to loosen up the whole shoulder. Yeah, I mean, it's better than anything before an Irish game. They couldn't throw the ball more than five yards. They gave up at halftime. They said, fuck it, we don't have a chance. We literally did not have a guy who could throw the ball more than five yards. Like, can, we re- can we hand it to Christian McCaffrey 45 times, down, please? 25 points if you're running fucking quarter and running halfback draw down the field trying to win the game. I mean, you, you didn't have a choice. And so that's, in my opinion, that's way better. Do something. Because fuck. I mean, yeah, I don't and, and and it begs the questions like, 49ers, can you deal with this for another year? I've said it. The post game. I said the preseason game. Brock Purdy is the biggest game of your career because this will show you what you're going to be next year because I don't think you they want to deal with this bullshit again with this talent around you. I guarantee it. They're going to go get somebody. I don't know who it will be or what how it's going to happen, but unless Trey Lance is that dude and ready to go, they're going to be in the market for a quarterback. Yeah, and that's the one thing that they have not been able to hit at all. Uh, Jimmy G was that initially, but he, Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust him. He proved that in the Super Bowl, and he now is injury prone. <laughs> Did you have you seen the memes going around? Like Brock Purdy sitting on the sidelines with the bandage on his arm is like, "Damn, Jimmy, we lost." He's like, "Nah, you lost." You lost. He's sitting there smiling. He was like, hey, you fuckers, I'm going to get paid. I'm just wearing – I'm just out here so I don't get fined. Yeah, I'm just – that was all he was he was doing. Um, and shout-out to the Philly fans because I do think you had a, a part to play in – Mike McGlinchey was not getting off the ball very well, and that was never going to go good when Hassan Riddick decided to show up and become Batman. That was – he put on his cape for, for the first – he didn't do shit in the second half. I will tell you that. But yeah, in the first two quarters, no, he didn't need to. He's a pass rusher. He's like, yeah. Every play, you don't need to. Yeah, he's a pass rusher. I'm not in on, I'm not in there on the running plays. And every down was a running play there. Um, yeah. No. And, and I guess I'll throw this up here because I'm sure there's a lot of people that – that want me that are tuning in now to try and see me cry and, and be hurt. And I'm not going to let it happen because guess what? It is hockey season. So uh, are you good on an AFC NFC championship? What do you think about the Kelsey's playing? It, it does. This is where the rigging conspiracy theory gets a little questionable. You you start a podcast this season. Both your teams are the number one seed in the AFC and NFC. And now you're playing each other in the Super Bowl. And the same year that everyone's talking about Andy Reid being one of the best coaches in this generation. Oh, he just happens to face his former team. Yeah, a, team and I think, that, a team that kicked him to a curb after six straight winning seasons. Yeah. No, he never he never struggled in Philly. That was the crazy thing. And Philly Philly just doesn't have time for that. Yeah. They they just don't give anybody time. So it'll be interesting because remember after Doug Peterson won his Super Bowl, they shipped him out fairly quickly. Well, yeah, there's a lot of other things with that. If you remember the tanking, quote unquote, well, is he losing yeah. the last game on purpose, or or what are we doing? Yes, he was, and there's that's a, the pick that they got Devonte Smith with. I know he was. I, I I'm not I'm not denying. No, it. I know. I'm I'm He's telling the NFL. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling the NFL. I'm looking directly at you down the barrel of the camera. He lost it on purpose. He shaved points. It, it was, 
it was totally un-American. He should be in the longest yard coach in the prison team. That's what he should be doing. Yet, uh, Jacksonville's close enough. He's got probably the same amount of convicts on his team and in the stands. I, I would say there's probably as many felons there. Uh, let's get into – let's start with basketball because I know that you've been jonesing to talk about it. The Nuggets have been doing well. You're wearing your Fraud City shirt. I saw that before we started recording. So let's let's talk about these Denver Nuggets. I have – by the way, I cannot stand Giannis only for the fact that every boy in my class – that's all I hear is I'm Giannis. Giannis, Giannis is, and we're doing Greek, like ancient Greece oh, now. It's like, oh, yes, where Giannis is from. And I, no, shut up. If I hear one more, if I hear Giannis one more time, I'm taking a point off your quiz. I don't okay. care. I, I was like, why do you hate Giannis? Giannis is a likable person. He's like the most likable person in, in the NBA. That's not on my team currently. So, so yeah, no, I look right, right now, the Nuggets, they have secured the number one position. Going into the All Star break, which which starts next week, uh, Michael Malone will be coaching the West or the Team LeBron, whatever the fuck they call it now. Team LeBron in the, in the All Star game, Jokic will be there. Um, Bones Highland will be in the Rising Stars game. Whether he's representing the Denver Nuggets or not will be to be determined. Um, Is he going to get traded? There's a very good chance he gets traded. It's getting closer and closer to, to looking at that. But um, look, Saturday night, Saturday's game was sad because you played 36 minutes of perfect basketball. You're up by 20. Two minutes left in the third quarter. You let them get back. The Sixers get back to a three-point game, and then the Sixers do that, and all the world wants to talk about is and be this and be that. I'm glad Philly Philly could win that game, and I'm glad that that they have some hopes because we're not over here. We're not searching for an MVP trophy. We're not. This Denver Nuggets team has higher aspirations than an MVP trophy. So does Nicole Jokic. So Embiid, I hope – I've said the last two years, I hope Embiid does win an MVP. He deserves it. He is, I just want to see the guy happy. He, he's one of the top two best players in the world, but he ain't number one, okay? <laughs> Plain and simple. So so he he absolutely deserves it, and he had a hell of a game. He absolutely did. But it seemed that, that it just happened to be the conversation around this. And this Denver Nuggets team, like I said – Jamal Murray is fucking back, ladies and gentlemen. He has been on a fucking tear. Thank recently. God. He took him long enough. He, 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 and, and it could not come at a better time right now. Jokic has been struggling a little bit offensively, and Jamal's been the guy to, to, to be that dude. Um, this team is everything I could want. And, 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 look, this team has never been closer, in my opinion. Never been closer. I, I, I'm talking 0-9 never nuggets. I'm talking about the Kimbe Mutombo out. Uh, um, Sharif Abdul-Rahim um, Denver Nuggets I'm talking about Alex English and David Thompson Nuggets this is the closest this team has ever been and it's not even it's not even close and this is where the conversation with Bones comes up Bones right now is struggling mightily Bones is, Bones is a guy that needs minutes to stay on a, on a, on a roll he's, he's J.R. Smith quote unquote and right now, Bones is, is young and, and wanting to get touches. He is not even going to get touches on the bench on this team right now. On, on, on Tuesday night, he played five minutes. That's all he needs to tell you. But there's, Bones I, I is almost as good as gosh. And I hate saying it because I love Bones. But Bones needs a Bull Bull remake. He needs to go play for Detroit. He needs to go play for the Charlotte Hornets. Or someone asks that that it is just horrendous and does not care about um, where the playtime goes to, and let him start. 
Because because I think Bones can be special. I think he could be a very good starting point guard in this league, but he is not going to be that here. And this team is win-now mode. If you told me in 2009 that, yes, I'd have to trade J.R. Smith away, the, the human highlight reel, the guy that got the fans up on their feet every time he hawked it for three, for, for a guy that would help us win a championship, I would do it at nine times out, 100 times out of 10. And I, and I would not even hesitate. And if Bones is trade, and, and what we get in return, we don't need draft picks right now. We need pieces that are moving. Bones, I don't think will be moved unless it'll be for a person that can be um, that can be a, a real role player on the scene, whether it be a backup big or a backup forward. But like I said, he needs minutes. If he's going to be somebody in this league, he needs minutes, and this team is not going to give it to him. And that's the unfortunate part about it because I, I look, this city loves Bones. It does, but this this city has bigger aspirations than letting a second-year guy make sure he gets his minutes. Because we're at a point right now where I don't give a fuck about who gets minutes. I care about the W at the end of the game. That's exactly all this team cares about. It doesn't matter who puts up the points, who who is the who is the leader of the team that night. As long as you get the wins when they need them and get you to the promised land, it doesn't matter. When you make the J.R. Smith comparison, then, yeah, I'm, I'm good with letting that guy go off and develop because I don't – know how Cleveland fans reacted to that play in the finals. If you know basketball, you know which one I'm talking about. It's the fa- like the meme of LeBron like just staring off into space because and now being a seventh grade teacher, I've had plenty of those moments. So I didn't understand where he was coming from then. There's just sometimes where you're like, I have one, I have to keep my hands open because if I clench my fist, I'm gonna hit my desk. So can't do that. Can't scare the kids, but like yeah, I, I don't need a guy that's going to be liable to make a, a big, dumb mistake. Um, I do want to ask you about MPJ because, you know, I have not been paying attention. So what is the story now with MPJ? I'm glad that Murray's back, but there was another guy that we said needed to to step up and prove why. I mean, they paid him a, a shitload of money. Yeah, they so, paid him, him and Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon obviously has been unreal for us this year. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, look, Mike, my, my, people that don't know, Michael Porter Jr. has been having some off-the-court issues. Um, his brother, um, did, who plays at Denver University of DU, um, Denver University of Denver, sorry, DU, down the street from us, um, was in a fatal car accident where he killed the person. And, and that, that has affected his men- mentality a little bit and affected him off the court. Um, but there's one thing that Michael Porter Jr. loves, and he said this. It's basketball is, is a lot of people's getaway, and it's, it's his getaway. And while he's having this, a lot of things go off off the court. He can he can go, jump right back in and do what he's needed. Michael Porter Jr. has bought in, in my opinion. Last couple of years, he he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be the guy. He's not. He's not. He's not the guy yet. He's not the guy. He won't be the guy on this team. Plain and simple. And he knows that if he if he can lock down defensively, and get and hit open shots, it's exactly what this team needs. It's exactly what this team needs. And, and the. This this season, coming back from injury, it's exactly what, what he's been. Obviously, he missed a lot of games, a lot of injuries, but um, being that lockdown defender where last couple of years, he was one-on-one ISO many times, many, many times. He, in that Portland series where, where Damian, Damian Miller just went berserk, they they, they basically had um, – whoever whoever uh, MPJ was guarding, they had them come set a pick on Dame and have Dame go one-on-one with him every, every day, possession down the court. And right now he has taken it to ownership and, and been like, you know what? I need to buy in or else I'm, I'm – because I got paid. I got my money. I, I want a ring now. It's not – you're not playing for a contract anymore. Bones playing for a contract. I report you're not playing for a contract. You're playing to win. And you and him buying in right now is exactly what you needed. And 
right now this team is has a bunch of players that are buying in, and that's and, and one of the guys who isn't right now is the guy that's on the trading block. That's I mean, not to say that <clears throat> he needed to be injured, but dealing with those injuries and, and being so young because. He played one ten games in college before he got injured, right? Was, or was it less like than that? Seven to eleven, seven to ten, or something like that. Yeah. So he he played almost no basketball in college. Got drafted because everybody knew his potential and and he was going to be a number one overall pick if he never got hurt. Sometimes dudes need to cook a little bit, like put them in the oven. Yeah, we would all love for you know guys like say Saquon Barkley to come out and dominate the NFL the same way that he did at Penn State, but it's just it's a different, you got to learn the different game and yeah, you got to get stronger physically, mentally. I think that he's kind of the, the videos that I've seen, he's filled out. He looks like a, a true NBA player. Now he's got a little meat on his bones and yeah, the mental, mental toughness of overcoming that huge injury and being paid and now playing well, is not going to lessen the, the load of that situation. It was honestly not the worst lesson that you could have learned going into something like this, because obviously that's it it affects a lot when when those situations happen. And and more than some people can even realize just the the way that there could be so much interconnectedness. And it's a it's a terrible thing to have happened. And yeah, I I hope that he's him and his family are able to rebound because not the and the families of of the the other other people involved obviously everyone is going to need to to do a lot of healing in that situation it's just it's really unfortunate i did not i think i heard about it but i didn't necessarily realize what was going on damn yeah he he missed a road trip and and, and missed a lot of time um because of that too and and obviously look the one thing that the Denver nuggets is, is why why it worries me to trade bones is this locker room is as close as I've seen it been. I, I, I cannot remember a locker room that, that, that like that, that is just un, unbelievably close together like they are. And, and that's what's scary thing about possibly trading bones is do you, are you willing to break that up? And, but Michael Bird Jr. has people around him that he can trust. Absolutely. And, and, and I know that he'll be able to figure it out and everything will work itself out in the, in the long run. But, Michael Ford Jr. just needs to do what he—he's asked of. Plain and simple, he—he doesn't—he's not going to be asked of more than to hit open shots and play defense. And, and, and maybe every now and then, maybe Jamal's having an off night. He could be the number two guy. Maybe Jokic's having an off night. He be the two guy. Maybe AG and the top two are having a night, and he has to be the fourth guy. He just needs to make sure that he—he he can maintain his self self awareness and remain to be the cool headed guy he is right now. Uh, I, I agree. So I'm going to drop this uh, impromptu segment on you, contender or pretender. I have the standings pulled up. I don't want you looking at them. I'm going to go through the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. I only want you to say contender, pretender. Let's go like maybe 10 seconds on each team as to why they are the way that you say they are. So let's start in the East. Boston, number one, 36 and 15 record. Pretender, one of the best teams in, in basketball. Milwaukee, number two, 34 and 17. Contender Giannis is playing unreal right now, and and, and they, they look like they have pieces again. Uh, number three, Philly. I know how you feel about Philly, but Philly, but contenders, pretenders. This team is not going to get do anything in the playoffs. They'll 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 be a second round exit. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I'll say contender. I'll say contender. I, I think I think Kyrie and and KD healthy back is very dangerous, and they have pieces around them now that that make them even 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 tougher. Uh, fifth seed Cleveland. 
Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say pretender right now, but contender in one or two years. Okay. I, I think they're still not there yet, but I think yeah. that I, I think that they have all the works for that team to be something in a couple of years. Yeah, and they, they are really young. I know that about them. Uh, six seed Miami. I'm going to say pretenders. I'm sorry. Ooh, Jeremy, get him. I'm get sorry. Em. I'm going to say pretenders. This team is paying – $250 million on the bench to Duncan Robinson to not get PT. They have to, they got to move Kyle Lowry. They have a lot of pieces that, that unless, unless Pat Riley does his magic, they're, unless they play Philly in the first round, which they'll beat them, but they're pretenders. Uh, seven seed, which would be in the playing situation, the New York Knicks. The Knicks are back. Pretenders, there'll be a first round exit. Not, not even a question. <laughs> John Bronson, John Bronson was one of the best. Do they make it out of the play in tournament? No, they'll be in the playing tournament, I think. All right. Uh, eight seed Atlanta, Trey Young. Atlanta, I've seen a lot of rumors that Trey Young's not happy. So I'm going to say pretender. I, I still wholeheartedly think pretender. Um, but Atlanta's staring down some troubles. Uh, Washington, number nine seed. Pretender. The I'll, I'll say pretender the rest of the way. All right, and then Indiana is the 10 seed. So those are all the teams currently in the playoff situation. Chicago uh, uh, tied record-wise with Indiana, with Indiana, right? Indiana, yeah, it's not Indianapolis in basketball. It's Indiana in basketball. So they're tied with Indiana, and then Toronto's a game back. So those are the teams that are kind of in contention. Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, number two, Memphis Grizzlies. I know that you like the Grizzlies. Oh, no, no, no. Here's the hot take for you to lay for. I'm going to go pretender on this one. I think Memphis is way too cocky for themselves. I think this team is going to face Phoenix in the second round or face a team like, I don't know, Gold State in the first round or or where they're going to get upset. I think this team is way too cocky. And and right now, Jaw's unreal. But I I, I think this team is is staring down some teams that want to face them rather than the Denver Nuggets. All right. I was not expecting that one. I, I was going to go – I'm going to use your own school against you. Coach Prime says, don't let my cockiness affect your insecurity. Uh, the cockiness has affected the, Golden, the, the, the Memphis Grizzlies as it is. So. Yeah. Jimmy, they, uh, lost, they lost five in a row after the little Shannon Sharp debacle. That was so weird. So weird. Shannon Sharp would kick the shit out of any NBA player one-on-one. I think maybe even two-on-one. Like, unless you get a a Shaq in there again, Shannon's fucking – Steven Adams is the only one that probably could do anything in that situation. Everyone else – Oh, what about UD? Haslam is in Miami, but – I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, I'm talking about total NBA. Fuck the Grizzlies in this situation. I don't think that anybody could. But let's say – Steven Adams probably has one of the best chances. I would put money on maybe Boban because of how big he is. (laughs) It's mostly because of the size. I'll be honest with you. That's the only way someone's going to be shooting. Just Andre the Giant stomping on a guy. That'd be interesting. Uh I'm surprised at this one. Sacramento, number three seed in the West. It's it's a pretender, unfortunately, for me. I love oh. Sacramento. I love Sacramento, but these guys are first round exit too. Look, look, it looks like all signs are pointing towards the Kings breaking the longest playoff drought in, in the four major sports. So so it, everything's pointing that direction. And I love I'd love to see it. 
But my God, there's another team. People are circling. Like, please. Bro, those, the Lakers are circling. The Warriors are circling. The Suns are circling. The Pelicans are circling. They're like, yeah, can we please play you in the first round? Yeah. Uh, those 30 plus, like the 20 plus year streaks are so difficult because it's, you, at some point, you do lose faith that it's ever going to change. I at one point thought that I was going to be the only person to live and die and never see a team win a playoff game. It was always just going to be that first wild card round exit. And yeah, I think that would be awesome because I've heard a lot. That sucks. Like well, That fan base deserves it. That fan base yeah. deserves it. They're small. We love the mid-market. The, we call them the mid-majors mid here. Mid-major, yeah. yeah. Uh, Los Angeles, four seed. I think I know where, I'm going, where you're going with this Clippers? one. Clippers? Yeah, the Clippers. Look, look, right the now, Lakers are are out of it currently. I know, I know, I know, I know. We, I want to touch on the Lakers too after we do this because there's a there's a really really funny thing that happened too. You want to talk about that officiating? We'll wait till you hear about this. But the Clippers, I'm gonna say contenders. I I, I still believe in Kawhi. I still believe in Paul George. Um, there's rumors that they're trying to go get Fred Van Fleet from Toronto. Um, there's rumors they're trying to get Serge Ibaka from uh, Milwaukee. Basically, they're trying to put the 2019 Raptors out there with Paul George. <laughs> that's, that's the only way I can say it right now. Um, but I, 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 I do think that, that the Clippers are going to make a move, and I think it's going to be one of the bigger moves of the trade deadline. So I'll say contender. All right. Uh, fifth seed, Golden State. That's obviously a contender. No one wants to face that team. No one does. Everyone wants to face them right now, but, but when it comes to the postseason, it's the one team you want to avoid at all costs. Yeah, I, and I say it over everybody. It's the one team everybody's going to try to avoid. I'm talking losing games at the end of the year. I'm talking playing your guys extra games or, or trying to trying to get out of scenarios where you don't have to face them in a second round. It's and look, this could very well be the quote unquote last run for this group because Draymond's a free agent this offseason. Unless they trade some of their other pieces, it could be the last one. Tyler, I know you're hurting after that 49ers loss on Sunday, but at least the, the Warriors still look like they're going to be pushing teams around in the postseason, at least according to Nico. Sixth seed, the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Magic. That's a pretender. Dallas is no piece away. Dallas is no piece away completely. It's Luka, and this is what this is what Dirk Nowitzki – I'll compare it perfectly. Dirk Nowitzki, exact same thing happened to him. He had Nash. It, it, it didn't work out. He, he didn't do anything and couldn't win the big playoff games. Um, until he got Jason Kidd. That 06 finals was a little bit different. But there's a reason why he couldn't get past Shaq and lead. Luka's going to need a big to pair him with right now. And they're going to have to take a swing on a guy because that team is just not built for the playoffs at all. They're built for Luka to go off but not built to, to make a run, a long run. Again, again, I know they made less runs finals last year. Again, sorry. Uh, seven seed Phoenix, first team in the play-in tournament. Sons in four, baby. Sons in four. Oh. It's only funny because it, it's not true anymore. Look, if they if they trade Jay Crowder, I'll say contender. It depends on what they get back. But if they want to play limbo with, with Jay Crowder and not trade him and just have an empty spot open where DeAndre Aiden's still still bad about everything, then, then I'll say uh, pretender. But I do think this team could still be a contender. Um, they need to start preparing for post-Chris Paul because, funny enough, I've been calling him for two years. Can't win for Chris Paul. Sorry, yeah. Suns fans. You can't. Yeah. Uh, six seed, Minnesota, or eight seed, excuse me, Minnesota. Nope. That team, that team, that team needs to be – I don't know why they thought that Bear and Carlton Townsend worked together. Those two dudes can't even play on the same floor because they're so badly injured. It's Anthony Edwards' team. 
It's the only reason why that's Kermit. Yeah. Easy. Kermit, whatever his last name was. Oh, yeah, I, I watched Hustle. I yeah, watched he, was, he was pretty good at Hustle, too. So was Wancho. Wancho, I think, was... Wancho kind of stole the show. Wancho <laughs> didn't stop playing ball. Just yeah, like, he'd probably make more money. Probably <laughs> Just be in every Adam Sandler movie moving forward. He'll exactly. put in some drama. Any sports movie possible. And just be that athletic dude in the Adam Sandler movies. And you'll be I see. I see him as like a, a mercenary, like an assassin. Yeah, yeah. He, he's in the fast. Dom Toretto is trying to fight fucking Juancho Hernan Gomez <laughs> at the end of Fast 19 or whatever they're going to uh, be at. The fast 100, you mean? When, when they yeah. get to Green Island, they're like, oh, this guy. Let's put him in the, the reanimated movie. Vin Diesel at that point. Um, All right, let's get back to sports. Utah, nine seed. <laughs> pretenders. They're, they're a great storm, Pretenders. All right, and number 10, rounding it out, uh, New Orleans. New Orleans is on a nine-game losing streak. They were they were the three seed a month ago. Oh. We, they, at one point, we were like, oh, shoot, can't have New Orleans catch us now. And we were worried about that. And I was worried about that, at least. I know you weren't because you didn't care about basketball. At that point, we barely care about it. You barely care about it right now. So I know the names so. somewhat. Maybe. We have another week until we start worrying about it, or just until Jimmy starts worrying about it, or two weeks until Jimmy starts worrying about it. But, yeah, New Orleans, a team that Zion can't stay healthy again. Brandon Ingram, you get him back. But this team is – everyone thought that could be the sleeper team um, to take the next step, and they've fallen hard, hard on their face. And that eight-game losing streak, the difference between third – I want to say second and, like, tenth place is, like, literally four and a half, five and a half games. Eight-game losing streak will do that to you. You cannot do that in today's in today's NBA, especially in the West. Mm-hmm. No, there's a – yeah. Uh, being in that last spot in the play-in and, and being where you were were considered one of the top seeds initially, yeah, that's that's quite a collapse. And, and, and now let's segue that into the shithole that's the Los Angeles Lakers because oh, I, don't know, I, I don't know if you saw the worst officiating move of the week – Look, that play was – there's a lot of bad calls. Fifth down was called bad, um, all that and all that. But have you ever seen a Twitter account for NFL referees tweet out apologizing to, uh, um, publicly, being like, our referees can't sleep at night knowing that they made that call wrong and um, we're really sorry, Lakers fans, and um, we promise to do better. Have you ever seen that, Jimmy? No. This is what the NBA referees did. It's exactly what they did. They made a terrible call. I, I won't even show I hate the Lakers. But LeBron got fouled so hard at, at the end of that game against the Celtics. Was that when he was cr- rolling around That's all exactly over? Oh, was- I did hear about that. And, and LeBron was rolling around, losing his mind. And, and, and it's like a, his dog died, basically, was the reaction. And that foul call, and the referees one day later, NBA referees, it's a Twitter account. You can look it up. NBA referees said, um, yeah, we, uh, we're so sorry, guys. We – our referees can't sleep at night. Um, we'll be better. We promise. And it's the softest move I've ever seen in my life. Fucking own up to it. Don't they just, just be like, you know, our bad. Don't need to apologize. Be like, you know what? We missed a call. That's what the last two-minute report is for. Then you move on. Instead, you have to make a public statement and be like, we're sorry, Lakers fans. Like, I'm so sorry, TNT, for ruining your nationally broadcast team game. Like, Lakers fans, we're sorry. Like, your team is ass. Anthony Davis can't stay on the floor, but we're so sorry because we care about you guys. Don't forget about us. It, it, was, it was one of the softest things I've ever seen. 
sausages. I'm glad that I did not see that part of it. Oh my god! Uh, but the LeBron the, the, was hilarious. The LeBron reaction was funny, but the Twitter reaction from NBA referees had me being like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" Just, just, just fucking, just say that you stroke off LeBron and, and the Los Angeles Los Angeles Lakers more. Because I'm already going to have to watch the Lakers on every single nationally televised game for the next two weeks while LeBron tries to pass Kareem. I don't need fucking more of this shit. He's got like 119, or he yeah, was he's like 18 points away right now. That's yeah, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know how you feel about that. We'll talk about it. I want to save that conversation when it does wow. happen because it will happen. Um, let's go. Uh, anything else on basketball before I would think we do the same thing for. NHL teams. I don't know if you wanted to read those yeah, ones yeah. off. I, I can um, read those off. I will say one thing. Look, I love Bones. I do love Bones. Um, I'm very interested to see what um, what Calvin Booth does this this trade deadline because ne- this time next week when we talk, Bones may not be a Denver Nugget, and and I could be really mad, or I may be be like, you know what, it's a good situation for him. It's a one win situation. I'm hoping it's a ladder. Yeah, I mean that would that would be a tough one to see go. I I, I have affinity for him he's a he's a cool guy i think he's good in the community he's a That's hell of a story man he, he, he's such a lovable guy it's just you're not getting you're a good player you're too good to, to, to you're too good to be a role player. That's 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 the point where Bones is at. You are too good to be a role player right now, and you need a, you need another chance somewhere else because right now this team has bigger aspirations than than trying to develop you. Yeah, there there's a lot that goes into it. All right. Um, I'll do I'll do I'll do top four in each division because, right. um, because I know it doesn't work like that theoretically, but I, I think it's I think it's interesting, and I'll we'll do a pretender contender. All right, all right. So first one Eastern Conference, uh, the Atlantic. Also, um, Abs have three guys in the All Star game this week. I know no one fucking cares, but it's kind of fun. Cool, whatever. Oh, and they traded for uh, Matt, Nieto. Matt, Matt Nieto and Ryan Merkley. They traded. McDonald and Kaut. Um We touched on it a little bit last week, but Nieto, I think, will be a great, great addition back. Tell it and, as it is, was fired up, baby. And it, and it looks like Manson and Bo will be back after the All-Star break. And it well, looks like Landy is looking like March, so we're getting closer, boys. We're getting yeah. closer. Nico, we're holding down. I'm going to tell you right now, we're holding down the last wild card spot. It's so I know. embarrassing. I know even, though, even though – I won. I'm going to say this on this show because I know he's going to listen. Brandon, I won our bet. You have to teach an avalanche sweater. So I need an address that I can send my av sweater to. Don't they and play I need. One more time? I think they play one more time. No, they play one more time, but we said first two out of three games. Whoever oh. wins the first two out of three, because I was making the complaint like the abs are going to suck at the beginning of the year because everybody's hurt and nobody's going to play. So I don't want to necessarily say one game. And I ended up being right because the Blues beat him the first time, the abs came back. Swept them the last two. Bennington sucks. And, uh, yeah, I think that's – Jimmy, did you see Georgie? Georgie fucking almost almost won Osgood that. He he skated out a million. Well, there's there's the difference, though, is that Bennington doesn't – Bennington doesn't have the stones to go stand at center ice and face off against Georgiev. That's the thing. That's why he was over in the – he's over in the scrum because he knows, A, nobody's going to touch him. And if somebody does touch him, the Blues are obligated to – Fuck up whoever touches him. So he knew that. That's why he was hiding. He Georgie did not want the one on one. It makes me love Georgie even more because I would have loved Georgie's my goalie. It, it, is, my... it has been a long time since I've seen a good old goalie fight. 
<laughs> and they're fun. They are a lot of fun. I think. You watched the Unrivaled documentary. You saw it. We got to see Wa Osgood like three, four more times. I, I think it's the greatest. The, the, look, look. Vernon greatest, was a pretty good one too when he had to fight the, Vernon. It was the greatest non-enforcer fight in hockey history. I'll put it that way. The greatest Sunday, non-enforcer fights in hockey history are Osgood versus Wall. Sunday, bloody Sunday. That was. If you're not familiar with what we're talking about, go watch Unrivaled if you have ESPN+. Plus. It's, and, and, it's go Apple, and go to Apple Music, and I'm sure that U2 song is on there. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, let's right. see. Yeah, let's go do, ahead. Let's do Atlantic first. There's All there's right. some heavy hitters here. You know, I'll do top five, and I'll, we'll do a quick another 10 second because some of these fifth teams are interesting to me. Okay, so first, Boston. For, uh, contender. Okay, I was gonna but, say, dude, I don't know. I, don't know I, I was. It's just a habit. Like I can't. I want to shit on habit. them, but they are. Yeah, no. The Boston's pretty. Boston would be a tough one. Here, here's, another habit, here's another habit. Here's another habit for you, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Pretender. Excuse me. I, no, <laughs> yeah, you almost said it. You almost, I, you almost it. almost slipped out. I think they are. I think that you know Austin Matthews is either going to get tired He's out of for losing. Two months now. I, I know that he is, and they're they're ke- keeping up the slack without him. I don't get to watch a lot of Maple Leafs games, but I, I try and watch the highlights and and pick up. I obviously listen to Chicklets for four hours every week because those guys. We try and keep our 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 shows short because we have lives outside of this, and we know our listeners have lives outside of this. It takes me like five days to get through the four hour podcast, but it's worth it. They are keeping keeping pretty good pace. Mitch Marner was told he needed to step up earlier in the season. Yes. He has done that. So they, I think that they're a, a contender. I hope that we get another Leafs Lightning first round matchup because that's going to be a good litmus test as to who's going to be able to stand up to Boston. I think it's going to be one of those two teams, but Boston seems like they're a little bit ahead of the pack right now. And speaking of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the team that will be facing the, the Colorado Avalanche on Valentine's Day, funny enough, um, where, where are we thinking with Tampa? They're contenders. They're not they're they're not going to be as good, and I think that they're going to need home ice a little bit more. Home ice almost killed them in that uh, Toronto series last year. People forget that game seven was close. It could have gone either way, and Tampa just has the experience. They still have that experience. Stamkos is breaking all of their records, and uh, Kucherov is as much as he gets talked about, he is kind of underrated. Like you forget about how good he is when he is on the ice and when he's not throwing his stick and his gloves and a hissy fit because he's losing the Stanley cup championship. You know, I had to get that one in there. Shooter stash and, and schoolie our guys over there at the, the, we, the thunder show, you know, I had to get one in there. This next one, this is an interesting one. Buffalo, the wagon that is the Buffalo Sabres, Jimmy, little tag Thompson. Pretender, pre pretender. I think that they could win a wild card spot because that's what they're fighting for. They're kind of in like a four way tie for the second and or the first and second wild card spot. But I just they're a little young and they don't have Tage Thompson is going to be that star that could put you over eventually. But I don't know if he's ready for it yet. Alex Tuck has turned out to be a great acquisition, and he might lead this team to make me eat my words here in a couple months. But as of right now, I do not see them making it past the second round. I would not. I would not bet on a Buffalo Sabres Eastern Conference final run. I think this is a fair comparison. I think this is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they, they have they have the pieces there. It's whether or not those pieces um, will continue, and maybe maybe two three years away from being 
um, winning this division, quote unquote. But but they, they have the right pieces, I think, in play. Um, yeah, they're good. I, they're better than they had that I had expected, and that's without Eichel. So that's true. Uh, Florida Panthers, pretender. Yeah, they're they're not mentally tough enough. You got they, they benched Bob, Jimmy. They benched Bob. I've been calling yeah. for for two years. Yeah, they finally did. But like, you just you've proven two years in a row to me that you have no mental toughness when it comes to the playoffs. You got swept last year by a team that was quote the lower seed than you. You had home ice advantage, and they won it in their own building. You know how embarrassing that is. And they did it like a 1-0 game. They they shut Florida this high scoring like, oh, we could come back from seven, eight goals down every single night. We're still the best. Get the fuck out of here. You're go enjoy the beach and one, two, three Bahamas or whatever you say down there in South Florida. I know, but I say they go to the Bahamas because they're Florida. They're a little bit weird. They're going to take their bath salts. They're going to do some weird shit. Um, That's not a team that I'm looking for anything in the playoffs. Do you think they, they, they make the playoffs? Yeah, they probably do just because they're, in the regular season, they know how to win games, but their style doesn't translate to playoffs. And when they get to the playoffs and can't score, you're more than likely going to get bounced. They should have lost to Washington. A couple weird things go the other way. They lose to Washington first round. We're not even talking about them getting swept by Tampa. So yeah, and they and also they, like with this team with everything they gave up for Kachuk, like. You're paying Bobrovsky a lot of money to, to be the backup to Spencer Knight. I was calling for him for a long time. Spencer Knight should be the guy. He, he's a great – he's one of the best U.S. goalie talents we've seen since Johnny Quick, and he deserves some run. Well, this team makes that trade for Kachuk and hopes to be a contender. And right now, they fell hard off of what they did last year. Yeah, next one not, up, not the same team. Go yeah, ahead. Next one up, uh, Carolina, the Hurricanes. I was was leaning contender, but the fact that you they were banking on Max Pacioretty coming back and adding that was their trade deadline acquisition. I don't know how much their cap space is, but I don't think they had enough to go out there and make a splash move. That was what they were hoping for. And he comes back and it looks like he injured the same Achilles. So not to not to speak on anybody like another man's career, but I feel like back to back Achilles injuries has me thinking about is this. I want to win. I want to complete. It's it's just a lot. Like that injury is so hard to come back from. So if they make a move, if, they, if I'm wrong and they have the ability to make a move, I think they're a really good team. They're well coached. I like Rod Brindamore, but that that really bummed me out on their season. I'm not this Carolina lie. team reminds me so much of the 2010s, like Toronto Raptors. Like the Raptors were like a top two seed in the East um, for a lot of years, and then Carolina steps in. Or, and then they, unless they made that big move, they, they they would have done nothing. They would have been mediocre and just a good regular season team. Right now, the Hurricanes are borderline that right now. They, they have not – they don't have postseason success at all. Not at all. So, so uh, not since 2000s with Eric Stahl. So, they, they better figure it out. They better make a move if they want to do something. Um, yep. Next one of the standings, the New Jersey um, – uh, what's it called? The Devils! Jimmy, the Devils! The New Jersey Devils! Uh – Pretender. <coughs> I I know that I, I gave them a pretty good tire pumping a few weeks ago or however long it was that we talked about hockey on this show. I know. I know. I get it. Um, yeah, I just – they were that at the beginning of the season and they weren't able to hold on to it. It's 
eerily reminiscent of like not I don't I think they're a better team, but like Anaheim came out of the shoots kicking last year with all their young guys, and then you just don't know how to play an 82 game season. You don't know how to maintain that level of hockey for that long. So I'm gonna say pretender. I don't know. I, their style does translate to playoff hockey. So if they get in, if they get in, they're gonna be a tough out. Especially if they're getting decent goaltending, but and especially if they play a team like next team we have here, New York Rangers, with yeah. with with the likes of a squad that who knows what they are. Maybe maybe they're in the Patty Kane sweet six. Who knows? I really don't want to see that. I like Keandre Miller, and I I guess I have no issue with uh, with Fox, but I can't stand the Rangers because of Jacob Truba. So pretender, I just I'll throw that out there. They, I, I, I do think I, I think I would second that almost. Too. They they relied so heavily on like everybody's best year of their career last year. You can't do that more than once. Yeah, and and, and um, what's his name? Fucking um, e, not Igor. Yeah, uh, just Igor. Yeah, Igor, yeah. Yeah. Igor is not is not. He, he's having to play every night. You can I, only I, be I, the number one goaltender for so long i made the joke that they miss georgie but they really do like they don't have a yeah. one two more they have a one punch and and shesterkin's getting throttled um on on every other night because because he has to go out there and play ungodly minutes yeah so, next up we'll pick it up here the capitals and the penguins two teams that seem to always just be tied to the hip because of two guys pretenders both, well, both pretenders. Pretenders. Okay. yeah they're that last chance run was nice to talk about. I think kind of with both teams, I think Ovi, he's, it's great fun to watch him break these records and to continue to move up on that board. But yeah, they're just, I don't see anything from them that really scares me on either of them, the Penguins or the Capitals. I think both of them could be one and done. Fair enough. All right. That now, now go back to the West here. We'll start with the, with, with our central. Okay. Um, we'll start with Not our, our central right now. Not our central right now. Not but. our central, but but the central. So we'll go with Dallas, a team that's been hot and cold, but seems like they got a guy in Ottinger. I'm going to say pretender. I just don't – like j- relying on guys – J-Rob is great. Robo is good. Um, but, like, Jamie Benn is a little old for my taste. And no uh, Tyler – yeah, Tyler Sagan. So I like Haskinen. They, ha- they do have, like – a good forward. They have a solid defenseman behind them. They could be dangerous. I didn't think that they were going to beat us the other year in, in the bubble either. So maybe I, I'm going to eat my words, but I'm going to say pretender. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But what about the peg? Uh, I really we'll hope pretender, but they're they're playing. They know how to win right Alibuck now. Alibuck is 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 on a goalie. Of the he's year the watch. worst goalie to play against in NHL 23 because he's got that focus thing. So if you don't score within the first three goals, he is fucking on one the rest of the time. And that's how he's playing right now, too. He's unreal right now. Hellbuck, I think, will be goalie. What's the word called? We have goalie? Vesna. Vesna, that's right. Vesna. I think he's Vesna favorite right now, betting-wise at least. Um, Minnesota. No. Pretender. Yeah, I, I, I would almost second agree with that. Yeah, con- congratulations for holding down a playoff spot while the Avs are injured all the hell, but no. Speaking of the Avs, the Avs, I think we're, we know we're going to go here. Contender, yes, contender, yes. Oh, you, you almost hesitated. I, 
I did that on purpose. I couldn't let everybody know what I was going to say. No, they're a contender. The moves that they're making prove that they're a contender. I still think they might try and get one more thing done. Those were good moves, like Nieto's big, but I don't think it was as splashy as I think McFarland and Sackick might want to be. I think they know, like, last year they did a lot. And they did a lot that we didn't expect. I think they got more cooked up. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, And then we got the Nashville Predators. Pretender. They're just – Outside of UC Saros having a great year, same thing with the Rangers. They banked on a lot of guys' best years. Uh, Duchesne is never going to touch what he touched last year. Johansson is never going to touch what he touched last year. Forsberg is never going to touch what he touched last year, and you paid all those guys. So yeah. you got to you got to live with what you what you paid for. So hopefully you enjoy that. Yeah, hopefully hopefully it works out for you, but it's not all up to this point. Um, let's go back. Let's go to Pacific now with the Seattle Kraken as the number best team in the Pacific. Or I, I take that back. They're tied with the Kings, but either way, one A, one B. Um, the Seattle Kraken, Jimmy. They are very good, much better than I anticipated. I'm gonna go with contender. I think that. Ooh. Yeah, no, I do think that they can win a playoff series. I don't think that we're going to see – it's unrealistic to think that they're going to make the finals this year, but they're – if they can get any kind of power play going, they would be golden because right now all they do is score five on five. They don't have a good power play. They don't have a really good penalty kill. So if nobody takes a penalty, they're dangerous. But And it's not even Gruby. That's the weird thing too. Gruby's like Martin the third Charles. goalie. Yeah. Martin. Fucking has been a castaway for three hundred teams in three years, but yeah. like, like Ber- Berkey has been incredible for them, and and and, and Matty Beneers, who probably should be the rookie of the year, obviously has that bad that bad head to head injury um, last week where he's going to miss some time. But they got they got young pieces, Jimmy. Very very good young pieces over there in Seattle. It's weird saying that, but they have good pieces. Um, Tina's tied with them division or record wise. Um, uh, the Los Angeles Kings. I think that the Kings are their their last chance type team. I think that they're they're contenders just because they want to win. And Quick isn't the goaltender that they're going with right now, but he's still there. He can still get hot, and he almost did it last year. Almost won a play, won them a playoff series, and they were down Drew Doughty. So having their guy back and having a lot of their pieces like Kopitar is still there. So I think that the Kings could be dangerous. I'll, I'll go with contender there. I gotta watch some more Kings game because I, they're I, difficult, man. They're uh, they're on until like midnight, so they're very. This is very surprising to me, honestly. I, I did not think the Kings would be this high up already. I, I'm a little surprised when I see that. But um, next team, the other expansion team, um, Vegas Golden Knights. Pretender. I'm just gonna say pretender. I think that they're good, and Eichel is is kind of doing well for them. But I just hope that they lose in the playoffs. So I'm gonna manifest pretender out of them. I, I will say. What's his name? Cooper Stevenson, I think, is his name. Oh, yeah. Their goaltender was a he's been, he's been really good. And I thought that would be their Achilles heel after losing um, Lanier to an ending injury, season-ending injury before the season started. But he's been yeah. great for them. He's been absolutely incredible for them. Yeah. All right. Now the two Al- Battle of Alberta teams, Edmonton and Calgary. I'm going to say Edmonton contender just because McDusty can do incredible things and he's on pace to have just the best year in recent memory. So uh, I'm never going to try and count that guy out unless they totally just fall apart around him, which is liable. They could miss the playoffs entirely. So could Calgary. I mean, Calgary is funny because Kadri, I know that we're not the best either, but like you could have fucking stayed and helped a lot. I know that you're getting paid 
And I know that you want to be in Canada, but you're going to a shitty barn every night to win or lose. Like it's a 50, 50 proposition. Our barn is tough. And, and, and in reality, look, Calgary is after you lose your two best players in the off season, like I think they're happy right now where they're at. Edmonton on the other hand, Western Collins finals appearance, barely holding on to a playoff position currently. I'll say it. Like Jesus may be on the way out. Uh, <laughs> he, I I, that's like, like, like it, he may at one point be like, "You guys haven't done anything for me. The best you've done for me is pick up Evander Kane, right? Like you draft, yeah. draft title. You, dra- you you had three number one picks in the twenty tens. Only one of them is on your team currently. It's McDavid. Yakupov didn't work out. Um, and the other guy, I can't think of the name on top of my head. The other guy didn't work out either. And here you are with with the best. I'm not, I'm not going to say best player in your franchise history. But the best player in, in this century um, for your franchise in the past century and McDavid and probably one, one of the two best players in your franchise history. And here you are wasting his prime again. So I think, I think Calgary has to be happy with where they are. I think Edmonton has got to be scared shitless. There's an error when you're in Canadian a, market. There's a, always a fear swing. there. They took a swing on Jack Campbell. Jack they Campbell's did. not paid off at all. At all. No, it, He's better than than Mike Smith, forty eight year old Mike yes, Smith. But no, he's not. He's not what they were hoping for. Uh, anybody else there? Uh, those were the last two, right? Vancouver. Uh, they traded Bo Horvat. They did trade Bo Horvat. They got Bolivia in, in return. Yeah, look, was, they they, they got to do that with with J T. Miller. They got to do that with. Um, I, I wonder where J T. Miller would want to land. Contract. I wonder where J T. Miller would want to go. Seems like there might be an opening. With, with seeing how much that New York gave up for uh, the Horvat, the Owls are never going to touch that. Yeah, the trade market's blowing all the way out of proportion now. I didn't think that Bo Horvat was going to require that much of a player. No, I, don't I thought it was going to be like a couple picks and a prospect. I'm good with that, but I don't really want to take on 5.6 mil plus give away a guy that's Bolivia's. I think Bolivia is kind of beloved in that. He's been an Islanders organization forever. He's been a part of those runs to the Eastern Conference Finals where they ran and into that, And the Islanders sitting right now at sixth in the in the Metro. This so, is a it's an all or nothing. Like Lou Lamarillo rarely does does this, but this is all or nothing. Like he's he's in on it, and he said he like took responsibility. The reason why we can't score is because I didn't go out. Like I sat around, I didn't think that we needed to make a move, and I was wrong. So we're gonna I'm gonna have to change it or. We're not going to get any better, and this is like the biggest swing that you could take. It's the biggest swing of three or of the trade season so far for the NHL. Yeah, so far I still think Kane and Taze are going to move, and I think that'll be the biggest move. But, but yeah, those no, are going to be like the marquee right up on the deadline ones. I don't think that it, they're, the Blackhawks are not going to let them go any earlier than the, than the day of the trade. And, trade and the Blackhawks need to trade them sooner and later because they're winning them games. And if you want to touch Bedard, you better start fucking. Train everybody as soon as possible. Fucking Bedard. That's all I hear about now. Bedard, Bedard. Total drag release. Jimmy, Jimmy, Total drag release, Benzie. If you are sixth in your division, fucking start the tanking process. Like if you're fucking Pittsburgh, or you're you're the uh, the Islanders obviously made a trade, but if you're Pittsburgh, I thought you were about to say the Avalanche. I was like, no, no, not the Avs, not the Avs. But if you're Pittsburgh, you're fucking Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal, San Jose, fucking Arizona. Fucking tank. It's it's we're talking about fucking Patrick Kane levels of of greatness from a winger out of Connor Bedard and, and possibly being a one C right away. Okay. Yeah. 
He would, he's going to change the franchise's whole trajectory. He is something else. So, and when he plays against guys his own age, it's hilarious. I kind of like watching it. It's like when I watch Kale's old junior highlights, and he's just like holding the stick in the puck with one hand and stiff arming kids. Like they go come to hit him at the blue line, he's like, nope. Yeah, but he's Canadian, yeah, so you know he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Nope, you just got to scooch over. Let that thing go from the blue line, and let's see what happens. Um, anything else NHL-wise that you wanted to, to touch on? Obviously, that's kind of like we'll, our trade we'll deadline more, preview. Yeah, we'll touch more when it's closer to trade, when the trade deadline passes. And the Avs will obviously make some moves. And But like I said, I, 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 you told me that, that the Avs right now have missed as many people they've missed all season. They're still in a playoff position currently or battling it. I wouldn't hate it. Like I said, obviously, look, there's, there's, it's called a Stanley Cup hangover for a reason. You drink out of it so much that it hurts you the next year, but in the end, you just got to get to the dance because there's no one in the West that wants to play this team still. No one. They've never gone back-to-back. That's the one thing about them in their franchise's history. They've never been able to go back-to-back, even finals appearances. So if they are able to do that, that's another thing that this team has been able to overcome. We had the second-round curse forever, and uh, – yeah, uh, I think that it's possible. I'm still holding – I don't think that the season's over by any means, and I'm contemplating buying a Fubo TV subscription just so that I can watch all the games. That's not even a sponsor anymore. That's free advertising that I'm giving out right now. So if, if they want to start working with VSN and, and FEOTB, I'm all for it, but that's the only way that people can watch Avalanche games until the playoffs. So you got to make the playoffs, boys. I need to see some Avalanche hockey on my TV. Um, also, I want to get this out there. I'm going to keep repeating this. Barstool is pr- – is presenting the FDNY versus NYPD game this year. I am definitely tuning in for that. Oh, that yeah. is going to be the the police officers and the firefighters. Like this is their Stanley cup and it's only one game. That's the best thing. They play it one game every year. They go back to Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. And it's like, I, I can't wait. I'm not, I'm not comparing it to this game at all. So don't, don't fucking call me out for this if you're listening. But this is like the Army Navy game, but but a different different way to it. Obviously, both, a little both, bit more local. Like yeah, a lot more local. So. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm going to. I I sent you the message. I don't know if you looked at it. I'm going to give you the solo cam because I made you wait this long. Um, if you don't know, now you know. I'll be back to give the uh, the plugs at the end, but. I'm going to let you take it away because you've had so much pain talking about the Broncos over the last few years. I figured I can give you this one and I'll just let, let you fly. So go be free. Sean Payton is your new head coach. Broncos, Broncos country. Uh, We're not, we don't have to cry anymore. Okay. Um, We, 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 we got our guy after uh, two and a half or two months of, of dealing with, um, Oh, is this guy going to be the head coach? Oh, we're going to keep this guy back. Or what the hell is going to happen? You have the biggest hire of the offseason. It's not even a doubt. The biggest head coaching hire of this offseason. You said we are going to go get our guy. You didn't wait on D'Amico Ryans. You didn't wait on Dan Quinn. You didn't wait on some of these other guys and be like, eh, well, maybe you're still interested. Maybe we can make it something out. No. You said, you know what? In reality, it's it's a two-man race. Harbaugh, maybe, maybe you still have a choice here. But right now, we have our eyes on one guy and one guy only, and that's a Super Bowl-winning coach, Sean Payton. Um, I look last year. There was so much hope. There's so much hope after you trade for Russell Wilson, and so many things going forward. Um, and there was question marks. Absolutely, were how's how's Russ going to adapt to a new system? How's Russ going to do this against with, with a new head coach that has never coached an offense before? 
you are getting one of the best play callers of this of uh, of the 2000s and 2010s. A guy that has never had a had a record worse than seven and nine. Um, a guy that that had that turned around Drew Brees' career. People forget Drew Brees, the guy who was a San Diego Charger. That hatred fan, that 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 horrible place where that bought football hell. Sorry, I'll be I'll say it better. Football hell, basically, for, for quarterbacks. Um, and Drew Brees, and you brought him to New Orleans, and and their darkest times on on, on the brink on or on the post of Hurricane Katrina, you brought that city together and won one. And and with the likes of so many weapons, Sean Payton is going to do that so much more with this team. There's one guy to fix it. There's one guy to fix Russell Wilson. I don't know if Russell Wilson needs fixing. I don't know. I have no idea. But there's one guy that I know has the answers. It's Sean Payton. It was not going to be Dan Quinn. It was not going to be um, D'Amico Ryans. It, was, it, may, it probably was not going to be Jim Harbaugh either. But Sean Payton and what you gave up for him too was the perfect amount. Let's let's put this let's put this in context, okay? Throw Russell Wilson's trade out the window. We know all the picks that they gave up. The Denver Broncos still, after the from Sean Payton trade and the Russell Wilson trade, own their first round pick next year. Everyone said the Broncos don't have a first round pick. Oh yeah, they had a first round pick this year that they traded for Bradley Chubb, which was the San Francisco 49ers pick, who which came in the trade for. Um, for Trey Lance, I think it was, or whoever it was, uh, um, that, that came from San Francisco. And that trade, and that draft pick currently sits at number 29. So the Denver Broncos traded a second-round pick, quote-unquote, and a pick swap for a Super Bowl-winning head coach. That is hope. That is promise. This team, and look, look Russell Wilson rejuvenated and, and, and brought excitement to this team. Sean Payton is reviving this motherfucker. Joseph Wilson was the juice, and Sean Payton's the fucking mixer, and we're making some goddamn mimosas, okay? And and and, and we are going to be cooking our way back to um, competing for a playoff spot. I wholeheartedly believe. And if there's one guy that that did better than anyone his whole career in making the most out of role players around him, it's Sean Payton. Look at the weapons that Drew Brees had around him. Can you name a Hall of Famer? Because I can't. Reggie Bush, really good. Not a Hall of Famer. Obviously, outside NFL. Obviously, <coughs> NFL. You want, you Darren Sharper about, was pretty good. I'm talking about – They had a decent de- – oh, okay, off it. yeah, offensively. Okay. Else. Reggie Bush banged Kim Kardashian. That's, that's true. That's true. He, he, he won off the field. So, thank you for, for, for coming in for that one. But, like I said, he, he is the perfect coach for this team. And you leave yourself room – where if Russell Wilson is this bad, a loaded quarterback draft class next year with the likes of Caleb Williams, with the likes of um, the guy from North Carolina, that the, the, uh, Drake May. We, we, we have a lot of opportunities next year as a draft with a lot of quarterbacks coming out that, that could make it very interesting if Russell Wilson's not the guy. So, Broncos, country, I'm not going to say it, but things are looking up. <laughs> All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that Broncos country. Um, I think it'll be good. I'm gonna I'm gonna save some judgment. I want to see how camp is camp goes because you basically been able to. I know it is, but you basically been able to tell what these Broncos seasons are gonna be like based off of camp. Like I know that most of the talk was about Nathaniel Hackett not having practice. When they did have practice, I heard all the time that they looked like shit. Like they had no clue what was going on. So if they look somewhat decent this year, maybe it is Sean Payton, but. I, I want to wait and see a little bit. 
And the funniest wrinkle about all this, the guy they fired a year ago may be the defense coordinator. Jesus Christ. The, the, the rumors the, the rumors of, of Vic Fangio roaming around of deep coordinator jobs. Right now there's three teams in the running. It's the San Francisco 49ers, who, who Kyle Shanahan obviously has a relationship with Vic Fangio, um, co- uh, coaching together. And with, with D'Amico Ryan's leaving, that job opportunity is there. And the Miami Dolphins, who reportedly already have him, but deal did not go through. And then the team that actually is still currently paying Vic Fangio money because because he had a full year contract. Can we just roll this over into the new one, Vic? Roll this over. We'll give you a bonus. Just be the D coordinator and don't run the team. You know where the office is? It was the one that was next to yours, right? It was that's your office. You get the smaller one. Yeah. You don't look Sean Payton in the eyes directly because that's now his office. He's the alpha. He's you your daddy, okay? You yeah. shut the hell up and you do what he says, okay? You're just, a, you're just a mean – you're Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. You might have some guns. I might need you later. I might need you to bail me out. But you don't need to be out in front of your – you don't need to be on your porch at all. Stay in the house. Just stay in the house. Stay up in the box. Call your defense. And, yeah, they need to reload on defense in the draft. I, I know that they played. They still played well towards the end of the season, but like the the depth, the depth is not not there. The third round picks aren't really going to do much there for you, Jimmy. I know. I, 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 I look, look. I am. I am. Another statistic I saw was that Sean Payton never had an never coached a team with an offensive line that was outside of the top ten in offensive efficiency, and he has a lot of work to do. Plain <laughs> simple, he has a lot of work to do with this offense. He's gonna fucking hate Garrett Bowles. He's gonna hate that man with a passion. I, or I he's gonna he turn him into will. a great player. It's a, there's no in between. And I'm going to tell you right now, there won't be a revolving door right tackle. You're either going to be the fucking guy or you're not going to be. We're not going to be – we're not going to have this decision, oh, maybe it's this guy this week. Oh, maybe it's that guy this week. Positions will be solidified offensive line-wise. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the biggest priority right now. I think the defense is going to be lacking still. I think, obviously, the pass rush, it's going to have to be a big year up from um, Baron Browning and Nick Benino and Randy Gregory. Um, but I think you still have a great secondary um, I think I think the likes of Sertan and Justin Justin Simmons back there will be just fine, especially if you get Fangio back because because your defense will be playing the same exact system, so it won't be like a big change of scenery. So I don't worry about that at all. I worry about <laughs> giving Russell some time. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and, I, and I and I think that's the one th- one of the big things Sean Payton said when he had the meeting with George Payton and Greg Penner and Rob Ball and being like, look, Russell Wilson needs time. And he needs to be rolled out of pocket. He needs opportunities to use his legs and use the, the gifts that God has given him. And and last year he did not use that at all. And I think building this offensive line from scratch or building upon two pieces, I think there's only two pieces on this offensive line that should be kept. And it's Garrett Bowles and Dalton Reisner. Everyone else can be replaced very, very easily. And in and, and, and a year or so, you can move on from Reisner and you can move on from Bowles. But right now you have to worry about center and to the right because your whole offensive line needs leadership and needs help. Yeah. No, I, I thought I had it rough having to play against TJ Watt two times a year. The fact that you have to play against Chris Jones and he can line up and beat – I know firsthand now. He can line up and beat the shit out of any of your offensive linemen. Guard, center, left guard, right tackle, left tackle, outside, inside, from three yards behind. Chris Jones is just that dude. Do I need to remind you of ever all the all the pass rushers in this division, Jimmy? Uh, no, nobody touches. 
Chris Nobody's Jones. Don't tell me. Don't say that. They're not, they're not Chris Jones level. I'm not. I'm not yeah, saying. That. I was gonna say Chris Jones is the number one. He's the number one in the AFC right now. We're talking about five of the top ten in the AFC West with Max Crosby, uh, um, Khalil Mack, Joey Boza, uh, uh, um, fucking uh, uh, Chandler Jones. It, it's not Chris Jones. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's five of the top ten pass rushers in the league is in your division. Plain and simple. Well. I will. I will say this: T.J. Watt's presence swings the Pittsburgh Steelers' record by like forty percentage points, whether he's suited or not. So I know that he's. It's the only. I'm. A, I'm gonna say him and Miles Garrett are the two in my division that I would say are the scariest because they are just that. That is what they've been. But yeah, um, I. I think I'm. Do you have anything else that you want to throw out there? I think that's probably good. That's longer than I thought we were gonna go, but we got to talk about more than football. Yeah, it was kind of nice. It was a refresher. Yeah, I think people are going to enjoy this one. One twenty-five. It was a good one. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of sports and a lot of not baseball talk, of course, like usual. Well, there's nothing happening in baseball. Talks about every sport but baseball. It's this, that's the, that that's that's that should be the punchline of of the farm of the bench. We talk about everything except baseball, unless it's, baseball. Unless it's the All Star game and it's in our city. Yeah, or the Rockies make another horrible trade that we have to live with. Um, no, I think that's been good. This has been Far End of the Bench, episode 125. Make sure that you're following at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we will be doing – we did our live show last week. I know that the, the recording stuff was a little bit weird, so I apologize for that. It will be out on time this week, so you're listening Thursday morning. Uh, make sure that you're following. Make sure that you follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Tell your friends to listen. I have it down scrolling. It's been scrolling across the bottom of the screen the entire time. I hope that it's just subliminally getting into your head now. Tell your friends to listen. Tell your friends to subscribe. Uh, it's been going great. We're going to have some big things coming for for you throughout the rest of the year. And uh, obviously, next week is going to be a big Super Bowl preview. We'll still touch on the other sports because it's just the one game. But I think it's worth taking a look back at both of these teams, where they came from, how they got to where they are. And uh, we did not talk about the Pro Bowl because, like the NHL All-Star game, who the fuck cares? They're playing literal flag football now. Yeah, Jim, Tyler Huntley is in the Pro Bowl. Okay. And with that – this has been Far Under the Bench, episode 125. Myself, Jimmy Pilato, for my co-host, Nico Bryant. We will see you guys next week. Peace. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pine Glass Football, and I'm your host, Brad Fowler. On this show, I'm going to drink beer and give you my opinions and discuss the latest news around the NFL and college football every week, from the NFL draft all the way to the Super Bowl. Not only will you hear my takes, but I'll bring on media professionals from places like ESPN, NFL Network, CBS Sports, Pro Football Focus, Yahoo Sports, 
Fox Sports, and many other media outlets in order to bring you the most informative and entertaining football podcast out there. Don't believe me? Well, PGF has over 400 ratings and reviews and is ranked inside the top 1% most popular shows in the world, according to listennotes.com. The podcast is available at pintglassfootball.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So become a member of PGF Nation and hit that follow or subscribe button right now.